0: the crude life every monday through thursday with a week in review on friday
1: if you don't hear a fiddle or a steel guitar the hillbilly sang about a honky-tonk bar the bass ain't banging and the vocals are up brother it ain't country no
2: welcome if to it the crude life talk podcast talk my name is jason Speece, the north dakota nomad the shale play prophet we are broadcasting from the hatch coaching studios our entitled intern provolone is man in the production elements of the podcast coming up on today's program we have jim willis with the marcellus drilling news going to join us on our bakken barbecue phone lines he's going to talk about the one two punch of the supply shock and the demand shock on the marketplace from the coronavirus to the russian saudi arabia opec shenanigans. Willis talks about how it's impacting the market like it's never seen in its history. And also, we talk about Pennsylvania Governor Wolf and the recent shutdown of the Mariner Pipeline construction crew, or at least I think he's trying to shut him down, or maybe he's not. That's why Jim Willis with the Marcellus Drilling News is going to come in, because I'm not even sure he knows, because really... When you think about the timelines to shut down a pipeline construction project, we're talking trenches here. So safety, erosion issues, rain, what happens during all this? And are pipelines still considered critical infrastructure? Because the last time I checked, they were. So what are we talking about here? So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. Also, Crusoe Energy and their flaring solution using computers and Bitcoin and digital innovation. And one more thing I would like to ask Mr. Jim Willis about working in a home office. He's been doing that since 2006. I've had a home office for well over a decade, but primarily for the last five years uh, full-time. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit, about some home office tips and advice for those transitioning to the home office environment and I know Mr. Jim Willis is gonna have a wealth of knowledge because he always does. He's one of our experts here on the Crude Life podcast. Also, Brandon Davis with Swan Energy. We're gonna be handing off the baton to him and to the program as part of our daily radio update here on the podcast. You see, we do a daily radio update and a weekend radio program for a number of radio stations. And so we figure, let's just put it on the podcast at the end. So that's why we call it our daily radio update on the podcast. And today, Brandon Davis with Swan Energy. He explains why retail will be the first industry hit real hard with the COVID-19 shutdown and why more people will be using social media than ever. More people... Are going to go to social media really when you think about it too and i had to say it twice because that's how many people are going to be on social media so how are you going to separate yourself from everybody else whether it's a social media post whether it's a podcast whether it's a video you got to realize that's what people have now so they're going to be very focused on their social media over the next several weeks so there's going to be a lot more noise out there, if you will. So how are you going to separate yourself? That's a question. And I'm not saying that we we're the answer, although we are a very good answer for a lot of people that want to reach decision makers and for those people who want to reach newsmakers and for those people who want to listen to experts and be experts. Well, we're a good solution for that, but we're not for everybody. We get that. We understand that. And that's okay. I mean, we're in the oil and gas industry, for crying out loud. We're not for everybody, even though we really are. And it's comments like that that our audience is going to understand. And those people who are not in the industry aren't going to understand that. Nobody knows that 92% of the things that we use on a daily basis have oil and gas. When you think about what's going on right now with COVID-19, coronavirus, this is a great opportunity for the oil and gas industry to step up and say, look how much you need us. Didn't I see a news story that Governor Jared Polis from Colorado actually kind of thanked the oil and gas industry? How is that not front page news on every single paper in Colorado? Seriously, how is that not front page news that Governor Polis says, yeah, you're okay, oil and gas industry, you're not awful. You're saving some lives with the with the coronavirus and COVID-19. I mean, from my understanding, I, I got to look further into it, but I, I thought he at least didn't demonize him in a letter. That's why I'm not going too far here with this, because I'm not sure exactly what it is. But that should have been front-page news. I mean, everything from the ventilators to the power grid to making sure the distribution... Uh, systems stay in track for the vaccines to what the needle, ne- needles come in, or I think it's a swab that goes up your nose for the testing. Trust me when I tell you there is a lot of different uses that petroleum and fossil fuels and hydrocarbons are going into fighting this coronavirus pandemic. And I've seen memes going all over the place about 13 and 19 different things. That's being very kind. That's being very kind. It's, I mean, when you think about just the power to keep the ventilators going, there you go. Just that right there. How's that? You know what, Provolone? We're going to do a show on oil and gas's contribution to being a part of the coronavirus solution. That's what. That's your homework for the next day or two, Provolone. We want to have two or three guests on to talk about how the oil and gas industry is continuing to take all the arrows and daggers and stones of judgment, while they go out and continue to save lives, and they continue to make sure that the hospitals are running and everything along those lines. That's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to have somebody on to talk about the different products. We could have somebody on, maybe the trucking, the whole truck. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways we can go with this, but we need to do a show. All right, that's enough of that meeting. Folks, every now and then we like to have meetings right here on the air, basically because I do not want Provolone to talk back. I want him to take notes and move on and do all kinds of stuff like that. So let's um, go to our next topic here. Let's see, what do we got? Oh, we've got all kinds of fun stuff here today, folks. Not only do we have headlines coming up, but we have a sponsor, of course, Crestwood Equity Partners, they're a publicly traded master limited partnership that owns and operates midstream assets located primarily in the Marcellus Shale, Bakken Shale, Delaware Permian Basin, PRB Niobrara Shale, and the Barnett Shale. They have three main segments that are segued into gathering and processing, storage, transportation, and marketing, supply, and logistics. That's gathering and processing, storage and transportation, and then marketing, supply, and logistics. Across their three segments, Crestwood is engaged in the gathering, processing, treating, compression, storage, and transportation of natural gas, storage, transportation, terminaling, and marketing of NGLs, gathering, Storage, transportation, terminaling, and marketing of crude oil. Boy, they got all kinds of stuff happening there at Crestwood. The easiest thing to do is to go to their website and check it out. That's crestwoodlp.com. That's crestwoodlp.com. All right, our March Madness is the featured event, the Crude Life 2020 March Madness Tournament. We're on to the Sweet 16, and check out the lineups, folks, that are available at life.com if you would like to check it out. We are back to action on Thursday for the Sweet 16, as in the Marcellus region, number one seated Swan Energy takes on the fourth seated Royal Creek Consulting. Number two, Knighton Industries versus number three, Probus Energy Services down in the Permian region. Number nine, the Earth's champion, Johnny Green, Taking on number five seed, Trunk Line. Number two, seeded Target Hospitality versus number three, Absolute Energy Field Products and Services. Those two arguably should have been number one seeds, actually, and now they gotta play each other in the Sweet 16. There's always controversy every year at March Madness and Target Hospitality, Absolute Energy Field Products and Service is this year's controversial topic. And guess what? They're meeting in the Sweet 16. You don't want to miss that matchup, folks. All right. Then transitioning to the Bakken region. Number nine, Elite Energy Services. Big upset over Credence Energy Services. Will they take on Badlands Contracting the Fifth Seed? Number seven, McKenzie County Economic Development taking on number three, Aries Building, who's now the favorite to come out of the Bakken region. Over in the Powder River region, Number one, Crestwood Midstream Partners has taken on the Cinderella story of the tournament. Number 13, Seated Canine Pipe Inspections. Boy, they are literally an underdog. Number two, Brigade Energy Services versus number three, Becker Safety and Supply. There has already been two number one seeds upset in the March Madness tournament. Here, the Crude Life 2020 March Madness actions back at it on Thursday. Folks, you don't want to miss it. Here, go to thecrudelife.com to check out all the recent stats, games, updates, keep up to date, etc. All right, let's transition to the next segment here on the Crude Life podcast. I see Johnny Green's got. His eco watch of the day, he sent that about the Carbon Capture Con. You might want to check that out, folks, when you have a chance. We're going to have that linked up. And then we've got headlines coming up. Brandon Davis with Swan Energy. Jim Willis with the Marcellus Drilling News. And then, of course, headlines. Very short version of headlines today, folks. Uh, And we've got, let's see, Dallas Fed. I know we've got some audio from the Dallas Fed And then also celebrities too We've got some celebrity stuff as well So my name is Jason Pro Provolone, we're going to take a quick 30 second, maybe a 60 second pause Listen to a little Blind Joe Come back and then we'll get right Into headlines and our interview Right here on the Crude Life Podcast My name is Jason Spies Provolone is our entitled intern. See so you in about 60 seconds,
1: folks. Well, dreams come true, and I know they do, and I can feel the music down in my soul. You better make a little room at the top for a regular joke.
3: Historic, man. the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects groundbreaking the Davis refinery I
1: die all and jamming for all my friends that's you Jason and you'll hear me say from a mile away that I'm the luckiest man I know you better make a little room at the top for a regular Joe welcome
2: yeah, back man, to the crude life podcast my name is Jason Spies the North Dakota Nomad the shale play profit Provolone our entitled intern is man and the production elements of the podcast Coming up in just a moment, Jim Willis with the Marcellus Drilling News is going to join us on our Bakken barbecue phone lines. Currently, we're sitting here in our Hatch Coaching Studios getting ready for headlines. Incidentally, headlines could have a sponsor next week as well. That's the thing, folks. It It is a good time to sponsor, and I'll tell you why. We've got some very low cost sponsorships i mean we're talking a couple dinners like what did one guy say he's he's had dinners of five cost more than what our annual sponsorship is now the reason i bring it up i'm not one to shill i'm not one to do this but it is important to keep your name out there and the sponsorships do a couple things one it keeps the platform going allows us to keep our lights on that's that's a literal thing we it's it's our Trust me, when you see our sponsorship, it's a loss leader. But sometimes in the oil and gas industry, you gotta scrape, you gotta survive, and you gotta fight. Because when it's time to make money, you can make money. And it's very good. And it's very ethical. And it's very, it's just, it's a great feeling to get paid for the work that you do. And So during the tough times, the bootstrapping and the little bit of sacrifice, it is worth it. It is. And we've frozen our prices. We didn't raise them this year. We were going to, and we did not do that. And the reason for that is we wanted to keep this platform alive because it might be four, five, six months before anybody actually gets some business rolling again. And we don't want to stop the conversation. We don't want to stop it at all. We want to let you know who's still in business. We want to let you know who's looking for business. We want to basically be a connection to the different shale plays when you're stuck at home. We want to just hop around different deals, check it out, what's going on, different industries. That's the way it's going to roll. And right now, we're going to roll into headlines. That's, you know, that's the best I had at that point. I mean, actually, my mind was on. If I was in Colorado, I'd have a whole different transition for role i guess that's something like that where's headlines provolone he left the room so i've got to, i'm on my own here he's like blaming coronavirus for everything and leaves the room literally he did he pushed a button and left the room he's waiting for the phone line to ring so he can patch through the next guest he I, i'm telling you he's he's the smartest guy here some of these some of these younger guys they act aloof and they act like they don't know what's going on. They're, they're, they're much smarter than they let on to. All right. Our first story actually comes from the Crude Life. And, you know, and it's available elsewhere as well. But uh, the Crude Life, uh, we did report yesterday that North Dakota DMR, Department of Mineral Resources, to reinstate well waivers. This is a big deal. The Department of Mineral Resources was directed today by the North Dakota Industrial Commission to immediately reinstate guidelines that promote the prevention of waste of the state's natural resources of oil and gas during the current economic climate. Uh, I tell you what, we posted this on social media and it just blew up. There's a lot of people that really... Are, are interested in this for a lot of different reasons it gets into the inactive well status the not complete well status the temporary abandoned surface it's pretty good news it's, it's a good good direction so anybody who knows anyone that this impacts or anybody that w- this impacts you might want to check it out we have the link available at the crudelife.com. that is the crudelife.com. The next headline comes from the Houston Chronicle. Dallas Fed indicator of Texas oil and gas industry plunges, shows deep energy recession. The Texas oil and gas industry is in a deep recession. One indicator from the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas shows the business activity index a measure of the industry based on surveys of energy executives has fallen to a historic low, plummeting from Minus 4.2 in the fourth quarter. See, this is where I lose everything. Honestly, they start throwing these numbers out. I just lose track. And so here's what I've done, folks. I went ahead and emailed my friends at the Federal Reserve. And we usually do something once a quarter with them. And so let's uh, roll the audio. Michael Plant with the economist with the Federal Reserve out of Dallas.
4: This quarter's survey results were overwhelmingly negative as recent events have weighed heavily on the industry. Relative to last quarter, business activity levels plunged, firms cut capital spending, and outlooks became extremely pessimistic. Firms were asked for the fifth year in a row about breakeven prices to profitably drill new wells and to cover operating expenses at existing wells. The average breakeven price for new wells was a little under $50, and current oil prices are well below almost all of the responses. Likewise, based on the survey responses, many firms will find it difficult to cover operating expenses at current prices, the survey finally also asked industry executives about how the coronavirus outbreak has changed their firm's outlook for certain key areas in 2020. The majority of firms have revised down their expectations for their firm's oil production, capital expenditures, and company outlook.
2: And there you go, right from the horse's mouth, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, links available and audio available at thecrudelife.com on our show page. We're going to continue moving on here because I see Jim Willis is almost ready to call in and Be part of this program here on the Crude Life Podcast. This story, this next headline comes from whatculture.com. WWE frantically trying to get WrestleMania 36 film before Orlando lockdown. From what we've heard, WWE, uh, by the way, any story that starts out with what we've heard. It's just top-notch reporting there. Oh my word, I don't even know. But what would you expect with pro wrestling? From what we've heard, WWE is getting set to tape both nights of WrestleMania 36 across today and tomorrow. The current word is WWE is going to be frantically taping around the clock in order to get WrestleMania 36 filmed and finished before 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. Why is that, you ask? Well, that's because Orange County will be in total lockdown as of 11 p.m. tomorrow, Thursday, due to the ongoing chaos seen across the globe. Wrestlers are being locked down. They are locking down everyone. And so really, this is what's interesting about this is they're going to do WrestleMania without fans. I caught uh, SmackDown last Friday without fans, at least part of it, about five minutes of it. That is some really bad stuff. Imagine watching a soap opera without any music. I mean it's the the fan is the background music. It's the noise. It's the transition. It's it's the emotional element. And I, I think it's rather comical to think that they're gonna try to pull this off. But you know what? They have a production company, they make movies. They, they I'm sure they're looking at this as their own little you know, showcase to try to see what they can do by combining, well, I call it a choreographed ballet. So by co- combining, you know, their production elements in with wrestling to see what they can, I don't know how they're going to do it. I have absolutely, I think it's going to be, um, you know what? Good for them. And I'll tell you why. The thing about pro wrestling, and you can say whatever you want about pro wrestling, you go ahead and try and get 100,000 people to show up at an arena. They can only do that in the Super Bowl, okay? And wrestling does it four times a year, minimum, minimum, okay? A bunch of people will go and watch a choreographed ballet that's got a storyline behind it because it's fun. But wrestling is really cutting it. You know, they'll try stuff. They're cutting edge. They'll try stuff. They're the only one trying the fanless experience, and I, I, I did not like it at all from what little I saw. But, you know. Anyway, so it'll be interesting to see. Good for them. Good for them for trying something new. You know, they, they, wrestling actually was one of the first things to bring women in competition to Saudi Arabia. I mean, this was just last year. They broke barriers. So, uh, as, you know, a lot of people consider wrestling to be below NASCAR in terms of pop culture. Uh, I don't, actually. I think they're a leader. I think when you look at their network and when you look at how cities bid for WrestleMania, oh, they're a real deal. They're a big-time big, big time deal. They had a cartoon and everything. Jim Willis ready? Good, because I could not talk anymore about wrestling, so let's transition right now to Jim Willis with Marcellus Drilling News. Get a mic-level check from Mr. Jim Willis, and we'll get right into the interview, folks. <laughs>
5: Jim Willis, Marcellus Drilling News.
2: Marcellus Drilling News. Thank you for joining us here today. And I noticed a couple stories. I read a couple stories at your website, and I wanted to bring you on to talk about that today. And one of them had to do with the pipelines, whether it be critical infrastructure. And a second Uh one had to do with a company And the name escapes me. I want to say it's Cruz or Crusoe. That's why I bring in you, the expert, to talk about it. But they're like (laughs) powering computers or something like that. So I thought that was kind of nifty. But uh, what's happening out there in the Marcellus world these days?
5: Well, thanks for for having me on, Jason. Um, Like everyone, I suppose, uh, we're living through this uh, coronavirus crisis in in lockdown, um, and it's I, I, you know when I when I talk about it to my friends uh, and family, um, inevitably you know I, I try to put my my head around this. It, it's just so strange to me that our world has, in my opinion, has fundamentally changed in the past two weeks. Um, changed to the point that I, I think we're going to be living in a in a different world uh, on the other side of this.
2: And, I couldn't agree more. Uh, by the way, I couldn't agree more.
5: And and and, and, as it, and 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 just to, to finish that that thought is, uh, you know, we're we're humans, and it's been my observation that we we don't like change. We don't deal with change very well, and so um, it takes a while for us to sort of warm up to it. So, what I see or what I think is that, um, I, I hear comments about, gee, it's just all so surreal. You know, everything's shut down and no one's going in, at least here in New York State where I live. And, uh, and I think that's because, um, it takes humans a while to acclimate and, and get used to this, like, new world that we're living in. So, it's, it's very strange. And of course, um, as it applies to the energy space, uh, we are going through unprecedented times. Of course, you hear that word unprecedented like every other word when you watch television news, you know, listen to your local politicians. It's always unprecedented. Well, in the energy space, it, it truly is unprecedented. And and I'm sure you're aware of this, Jason, but we're experiencing, at least in, on the oil side of things, I I write more about the gas side of things. But of course, the two are joined at the hip, and many of the companies that that do oil drilling also do gas drilling. Um, So I'm I'm very interested in it. And we're experiencing uh, a double shock. We're, We're experiencing a supply shock and a demand shock at the same time. It started with the demand shock, right? The coronavirus created this uh, situation where um, all of a sudden people aren't traveling they're not doing as much uh, you know all all the airline traffic is shut down cruise ships and, and all these and so there's far less demand for oil like two three four million barrels a day less demand than there was just a few weeks ago and at the same time, the Russians and the Saudis got into a snit and began a pumping war, a price war, you know, to drive the, the price of oil down. And, uh, and and so they've started to pump more. And so now they're pumping an extra wh- however many millions of gallons uh, or millions of, of barrels per day, several at least. And so now you not only have a situation where the market at equilibrium had decreased its demand, but now you've flooded it with even extra supply, and so the price is crashing, and it's it's not tenable. Um, I, I I shared an article today of you know Barclays. There was an analyst at Barclays that's now predicting that if this virus goes on for a certain period of time, you might see oil at ten dollars a barrel. And, and that's just, I mean, that's unthinkable, in my opinion. So we're, we're we're going through unprecedented times, that's for sure.
2: The one thing, you know, okay. you mentioned about uh, some of the behaviors and some of the things about humans and attitudes. Um, I don't think you said attitudes, you said behaviors. But um, is, you know, I've, I've said that on this show the last couple of weeks that, you know, really when you look at humans with the evolution and, and how – humans change it's more through behaviors than it is adding another limb or growing wings or something like that when you look at evolution Uh humans more Uh evolve through behavior and I look at the and then if you go a step further if you want to get extremely deep here as long as as long as we're down in the rabbit hole Um, is that, you know, really it takes about three weeks to change a behavior. That's, you know, as far as if you do something for three, quit smoking, for example. If you can make it for three weeks, then you probably have licked the habit. And three weeks is generally what most psychologists and also doctors say. Um, And so when you look at what this coronavirus is going to do, it is going to change our behavior. It's going to change it just out of sheer, people are going to be locked down for, well, Vegas, what, 30 days? And so that's three weeks. And the energy industry, the one thing, though, that is a bright spot is that the energy industry, I believe, is getting highlighted throughout this in terms of its need. Now, whether it's being highlighted by the media is a different story, whether it's being highlighted by the politicians is a different story. But when you look at everything from the masks to making sure that those respirators are working and the hospital grids are, are getting enough power to make sure it happens to the delivery drivers driving the things across country i i kind of think maybe there should be a little more attention being focused towards the energy impact on uh, making this coronavirus fight operate what do you think about that comment
5: yeah yeah i i absolutely agree um uh, you know, I, I try to call attention to it. I know others uh, that are sort of in our space that that produce content in the energy area are trying to call attention to that. You're absolutely right. Not enough attention is called to it um, on the national scene uh, because, it's, you know, it's just there and it's always just been there. And it's uh, because it works well. It's a well machine, pun intended, mm-hmm. um, and and so people don't they just don't think of it, you know, until they don't have it, uh, and that's when that's when they think about it. I mean, you could look at the example that springs to mind for me is um, I think it was last year. Um, maybe it was 2018, I'm trying to think when it was, maybe it was 2018, uh, in Massachusetts, about 25 miles from Boston. Um, there was a situation with, uh, with Columbia Gas there, uh, on my nice source where the, uh, the pipeline system in the local utility, the LDC, in the area was doing some work on their pipelines. They were putting in some new pipelines and replacing some things. And so they were abandoning uh, a section of an old pipeline. And you know we won't go into all the details, but um, what happened was they 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 didn't realize that there was a sensor in the old pipeline that uh that was still active and live and so when they shut that pipeline off the sensor said "Uh uh-oh there's no gas in here you know so so pump more pump more and it and it told the system to keep pumping in it and it supercharged the rest of the system and it started to blow out the pipelines and cause explosions all over the place in this community and uh, in that entire community, I think there were, I want to say, 6,000 people, something like that. They ended up being without natural gas for something like uh, three months. And uh, as as winter time was approaching, so this is like the fall of 2018. And, uh, and so you have this dichotomy, you have Massachusetts and you have the politicians in Massachusetts that absolutely prohibit any new pipelines. They don't want it. You know, they, they want to get off from natural gas and they, you know, they make all these noises about it, but Hey, when it's cut, you know, people start screaming. So I think it's just, it's a testament to this industry that, uh, it just, it sits in the background and it works. You know the entire supply chain; it just works, and it works very, very well, and, and to to great credit, you know, to the people that are involved.
2: Well, and here I was trying to lob you a nice little softball so that you could plug your own website, but I know how you don't like to plug your own website, so I'm going to because <laughs> the 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 example I'd like to give is one that I got aware of it from marcellusdrilling.com, dot com, which is your website, and it has to do with uh the is it the mariner east pipeline is that the one yeah that's right yep. so mariner the east and, it, and, the, yep. and, the, and the and the conversation is is that w- whether it's critical or not or essential and the governor wolf wants to shut down the construction on it and i thought the debate was over that pipelines were deemed critical infrastructure and Talk to me a little bit about what's going on there, there with the uh, pipelines being essential and the and the governor and and all that stuff because I found that very interesting.
5: Yeah, it's um, and I found it interesting too because I, I thought the same thing. Um, but it, the situation as I talk to you today, uh, the the very latest is it's still confusing. <laughs> I'm not sure that it's uh, it's been totally sorted out yet. Um, so, uh, so in Pennsylvania as in New York, um, the governor, uh, has essentially shut down all what are called, uh, non life sustaining businesses. So people don't go to work. They stay home. If they can work from home, that's great. If they can't, they're, they're whatever, either on unemployment or, you know, companies out of the goodness of their hearts are, are, you know, still paying them, whatever. Uh, but there are certain key activities, of course, that still have to go on. People still have to go into work and, and and do those things. So oil and gas as an industry, the upstream part of it is on the critical list, on the life-sustaining list. And so that, con- that work continues. Um, so wells are still being drilled. And um, you know, and, and, and all of that. Uh, of course, utilities are a, a critical uh, industry, um, you know, that are delivering uh, gas and electric to homes and things like that. Um, now, the Mariner East pipeline system—it's actually three pipelines. There's a there's an old one that was converted, Mariner East One. There's two, and then there's another one called Two X. All three of them flow NGLs from, uh, southwestern Pennsylvania and eastern Ohio, where the drilling that goes on in the Marsalis and Utica in that region is, uh, it turns up a lot of NGLs, a lot of ethane, uh, but there's also propane and butane, you know, and, and the other NGLs. And so those, that pipeline system was put into place or was, was being built um, to go from eastern Ohio but basically uh, western Pennsylvania all the way across the state to Philadelphia on the eastern side of the state and uh, it, where it sits on the, the Delaware River and a lot of those NGLs are actually exported to other countries. So uh, so Mariner East won an old smaller pipeline. Uh, it's been up and running continues to be up and running. Mariner East two is mostly done but in order to get it completed and operating they had to uh, they had to sort of jury rig um, a few spots where they were having uh, troubles uh, so they uh, and unfortunately it's in the uh, greater Philadelphia area sort of out in the suburbs. And when they were drilling, uh, they would, you know, create coals and, uh, you know, all sorts of issues, right? So so they borrowed um, an existing pipeline in the area, and they sort of routed it across there. So there's still a little bit of work left to be done on two, but two is up and running because of this jury rigging. 2X is another pipeline laid right next to two a second pipeline. And that one is still under construction. So there was initially some confusion about, okay, the governor has given this order, all um, uh, you know, non-life-sustaining businesses must shut down. And that includes construction of like new roads and things like that. And so, of course, you know, the antis jumped right on that. Well, you know, uh, construction of this pipeline has to stop, obviously. And um, and yet, construction continued after the governor's deadline last week. And so that raised some issues. Well, at first, it appeared that it was, it was, it continued because, you know, you can't just not go back and you, you can't just quit working right you have a trench dug someplace and if you just leave it there and it rains you know and you get erosion and the water goes you you, you have to like do things to to tidy it up and and sort of uh, you know make it okay so that it can it can rest it can sit there um and so uh so that was the initial reaction was well yeah we are shutting it down this construction on on the new pipeline. Um, and, and so I came to the conclusion and wrote about, well, it appears to me that if a pipeline is already up and running and it's delivering product, that is a critical item. That's a life sustaining business and it has to, has to keep going. But if it's a new pipeline that's not yet in service, that's on the non life sustaining, the non critical list and can be shut down, you know, construction on it. Um, so, so there's a sort of a subtle, difference there um, in in what's happening in the midstream as far as I can see but then today um, you know there there was another uh, another article that came out that that was discussing in, in, in uh, energy transfer the builder of that pipeline. Um, it released a statement saying that they've received uh, confirmation that they can continue to monitor and maintain, I'm going to read it, the rights of way and work sites associated with their construction projects in Pennsylvania, including Mariner East 2. In addition, we may secure, stabilize, and move equipment at these sites under the enhanced safety measures from the governor implemented on March 19th. We're in the process of resuming these activities while adhering to the protocols, you know, safe, you know, social distancing and all that business. So, so what does that mean? I, I don't know. <laughs>
2: I, mean, oh, I love this first paragraph, uh, by the way. I'm I'm looking at it too. I'm looking at it from uh, uh, I don't even know the website. It looks like. Ella- Anyway, it's a it's a news site, but it says energy tra- right, right. Ener- energy transfers says it is complying with Governor Tom Wolf's order to shut down construction of the Mariner right. East pipeline project, while also applying for waivers to continue some work in the interests of safety. I'm going. Right. So, are are they? Are they still working? Are they not? What's going on here? Um, like, are, are they well, going to work while the, yeah. they apply for waivers, or are they going to shut down and wait for the waivers to come in?
5: I, you know, my, my, my best guess is this, Jason, is that they they now have the waivers and the construction, quote-unquote, or the work that's, that's happening is to essentially – shut it down, get it to a point where they can leave it alone for a period of time. I mean, that's my best guess. But then you have um, organizations like Food and Water Watch, which I absolutely detest, And uh, they release a statement that says, uh, construction on Mariner East 2 Pipeline is in no way an essential activity, and Sunoco must send workers home with compensation in order to protect them and their families. Of course, they hate these workers, right? They call them losers. Um, Protect them and their families and halt the spread of coronavirus. While Sunoco argues that suspension of construction increases risks to safety and or the environment, we know it's the other way around. Pipeline construction is simply too dangerous to allow during this period of heightened caution and uncertainty. It's just just BS. Um, Look, you know, what, what... Sunoco, or you know Sunoco, or which is also energy transfer same company what they're saying is we've we've got to make these sites safe we you know we have to fill in certain trenches we have to you know Push the dirt in certain ways, you know, so it's not going to erode um, and cause even more issues, right? That's what they're saying, that they want to, they want to make it safe. And yet Food, food and Water Watch, they, they, they just, I guess, want them to walk away from those sites and leave them unsafe. I
2: don't know. Well, you brought up a great point by the way. There's a certain amount of uh, you ca- w- whether you want to call it prep work or what, but it's like de prep work. I mean, you've got to you've got to cover those sites for safety, for erosion factors, rain. Of all all those examples you gave make total sense. And what you're just supposed to stop and and yeah. like like just leave the shovels behind and everything. No, it's it's it shouldn't be. I mean, I know a lot of people were you know just making sure they didn't get within a certain amount of distance of people and and that sort of thing and and trying not to make light of it and trying to understand the severity behind it and etc but at the same time um there is a certain level of operations that still can be done they still can be done on a relatively uh, lifeline basis and these pipelines are interesting you know like uh, just in my neck of the woods, there was still construction as of yesterday on a lot of big projects, a lot of buildings, you know, uh-huh. like, I don't know uh-huh. why we need $2 million condos still, but those, pro- those constructions were still going on yet. Yeah, they told yeah. them, they told all the bars and restaurants to close, but $2 million condos were still being built. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, well, it's <laughs> at some point, somebody has got to stand up and say, okay, guys, let's, let's stop doing this here and figure this out. Um, yeah i i I, anyway so let's get back to the industry here for a second because you know you mentioned the one-two punch and um you know it it was hard to find some bright spots for a little little while but you found one with that Mm. i I chuckled because here i'm on naturalgasnow.org and you're on there i didn't even know you're a guest correspondent for tom shepstone and then it's about yeah Tom, tom
5: Tom picks up some of my stories periodically sure. and sort of broadcasts them in his channel. And I'm uh, more than happy to have him do that. You know, yeah, I, I love Tom. I mean, he's a, he's a great guy. So. It, it's
2: good cross promotion and everything else, but I chuckled because yeah. here I got the Marcellus drilling news guy with the other Marcellus guy out there covering natural gas informing me about a company in the Bakken, my home turf. That's apparently <laughs> trying to solve the flaring issues by powering computers.
5: Yeah, that's right. Um, and you know, it's it's and I and I said in my you know in my uh, post that I did on this that you know technically this isn't a, a Marcellus Utica story. Uh, and I try to keep my stories pretty much you know on on course with what's happening in our neck of the woods here. But but you know this is a this is a crisis, and uh, we're all in it together, as we often hear. And um, and the industry is all in it together, too. So I wanted to highlight um, the good work being done by this company, Crusoe Energy Systems, um, and what they're doing uh, to contribute to the crisis, to help solve the crisis. So Crusoe is a company that, that manufactures... Portable uh, units that go to well sites, oil well sites, um, where uh, you know typically at a well site. Um, and you know, this problem, I'm sure you've talked about it plenty. Um, you have, when, when you drill for oil, you also get natural gas. And what do you do with the gas? Well, either you vent it or you flare it. And of course there are steep penalties for doing either of those. And it's bad for the, the environment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so you try to run a pipeline to those locations and you might have to wait years to get a pipeline to those locations. Uh, which means you can't produce any oil because you're producing gas and you have to do something with the gas. So in order to solve that problem at remote locations, this company has, uh Crusoe Energy Systems, put together a, um, a portable uh, uh, electric power plant, if you will. So they'll take that gas at the oil well site that's coming out, and they'll burn that gas, and it will produce electricity, and they'll use that electricity to power computers, and it's a, it's a distributed computing network kind of a thing. They have little, you know, satellite dishes that connect to computer networks. And, uh, and what they do is they offer up this computing power um, at these remote locations all networked together to, uh, to chug along and, uh, and work on problems, you know, uh, uh, resolving problems of various kinds. They, you know, lease out this, this computing power, if you will. And in this case, they're offering up and have offered up uh, the use of their computers for the people that are working on a vaccine for the COVID-19 coronavirus. And I just think that, you know, that deserves a hat tip and a big thank you um, that someone in our industry has stepped up like that. And uh, and, in North Dakota, of course, is, you know, the Bakken is uh, one of the places where they have these systems. And so, um, you know, those distributed sites in in, in the Bakken, uh, you guys are helping to solve the COVID-19 coronavirus uh, issue.
2: Like I said, I was really surprised about that. In fact, while while we were talking, I noticed that the Williston Herald has done a story now. I, I, and you know how it goes: once a blogger or a news site picks it up, usually within right. three four days, you know other people do it. You know, we were talking yeah. earlier off the air. It's amazing how many press releases you know that people get, and I know I get about a hundred oh, yeah. a day and you got to yeah. weed you got to weed through them and then of course when you go to do a google news search half of those news stories are press releases so then you got to weed right. through those and so it's there are a lot of news outlets out there you know that they do look to people like yourself people like me uh people like Tom Shepstone who have been journalists and and news people for you know 15 20 30 years that when they have a guest on or they have yeah. a blog or a news story boy you can see the uh the, the, the just the ripple effect of the news story go you know what I mean by that it just, it just yeah yeah oh yeah and and I I, I, think, I think I think you guys actually started this story because the, you know I'm looking the Williston Herald just picked it up 17 hours ago they did it so right um, and I and, and, and right. we and we've been trying to get this interview for over a, you know a few weeks so this is something right. anyway um, I, uh, go ahead go ahead
5: I was going to say I ran it on Monday, so
2: oh, um, well, <laughs> so well there you go, M- and Monday. On and my then...
5: site, so yeah. So I, I've often said, you know, sort of tongue in cheek, you can, you know, you can read it on Marcella Strolling News today, or you can wait a week and read it somewhere else.
2: And there's a lot of truth behind that. I got a kick out of this. Um, <laughs> this I, I put out a, a, a letter that I turned into a JPEG on LinkedIn. And within 24 hours, I I counted 17 people that basically took the image, saved it on their hard drive, and then put it on theirs. Because as far as I know, I'm the only person that did that because it was, (laughs) well, most people comes in a PDF or something. Like, you know, I actually took the time. I thought, you know, this would be good eye-catching. Then you see everybody pirate it, and I'm just like, wow, that's crazy. Ah, uh, copyright yep. laws—they don't exist anymore. Big deal. So Not I guess. Not really. But yeah. <laughs> my, my mistake. I should have um, de- definitely watermarked it. I guess. But anyway. But um, sticking in the world of flaring, you know, you're out in the Marcellus where there's you know gas, uh, that sort of thing. Are are you seeing anything new in the terms of innovation in the world of flaring? At least you know before the last couple of weeks of the Corona. Uh, the COVID nineteen shutdown happened. Were you seeing any good advancements in the innovation world like this Crusoe Energy Services?
5: Well, you know, um, I, when when I'm studying this stuff, I typically see it more in other plays. Um, you know, in the in the Marcellus and the Utica, uh, what we're drilling for is gas and uh, you know in, in your neck of the woods it's a it's a waste product it's, it's something you got to get rid of um, out here it's uh, it's the thing that we try to sell Um, And so there's always a little bit of, you know, there's still a little bit of flaring here and there, but, boy, it doesn't happen very often in our neck of the woods. Um, We're, you know, we're trying to capture every last molecule that we can uh, in order to sell it. So it's, uh, you know, with, with the development of more pipelines out here over the past few years, It's 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 just it's a very rare occurrence.
2: Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Is that because of the pipeline system, or is that because you don't have as much of the you know the the fracking like they do in the Permian and in the Bakken? Because like we mentioned earlier, of course, that's that's where a lot of the gas comes from.
5: Yeah, no, it's uh, no we we uh, we absolutely have fracking. Um, I mean, that's that's what's producing all this bountiful gas. Um, I think I don't know if I've mentioned it to you before in any of our t- our talks, Jason. But um, I I sit across the border from Pennsylvania. It's about 15 miles from where I live, and just over the border is Susquehanna County, Pennsylvania. And in that county, there's uh, one one driller in particular, Capital Island Gas, uh, that drills for natural gas over there. In fact, it's the only county they drill in. And uh, they have no other – I believe they now have no other assets. It's just right there. So one county, one driller, and their wells are so productive, you know, the the wells that they they drill and frack for natural gas, that that one company is producing somewhere around 2.5% of all the natural gas produced in the United States. Wow. It comes from that one company in one county um so that tells and so a very well-developed pipeline system we can always use more we there are a few more that are still on the books unfortunately one that is now canceled was called the constitution that was going to go from susquehanna county up into new york state andrew cuomo uh blocked it and uh and it was a years-long process um, it looked to me like maybe Williams was going to actually win in the end and be able to build it, but then all of a sudden, about uh, it was a month or two ago, um, they sent out a, a notice that they've decided to abandon that project and not build it now. And uh, and the reason is, is because while they were having to screw around with Cuomo for the last uh, five, six years, um in delays um they got busy and uh started looking for alternatives and they've been beefing up their transco system and uh and they uh and they said look you know we, there were three other projects that we worked on to increase our capacity out of that region and so now instead of going into new york where they need it and on to new england where they desperately need it uh, that gas going to go to the south and that's what happened. So, you know, Andrew Cuomo shot himself in the foot and the head. Uh, he did the same to New England. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, but Williams, uh, the builder, would, would have been the builder of, of the Constitution, uh, found other ways to get that gas to market.
2: Hmm. Well, kind of looking at the clock here, wrapping up, I wanted to ask you a little bit not only about your website, so we'll plug that at the end, Marcellus Drilling. News is it Marcellus Drilling.com? Is that right? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, the,
5: the, the publication I call Marcellus Drilling News, but it's you know, instead of having a, a URL that's four miles long, I made yeah. it three miles long. Marcellus com
2: Well, you could probably sell that to an energy company for a pretty penny. Jeepers, that's a great name for a website, Marcellus Drilling.com. <laughs> so, um, you, you we were talking too before we got on the air a little bit as I was getting my cup of afternoon coffee ready was that, you know you and I both have been doing the home office thing for a while and you know when you Uh see see on LinkedIn and some of the social media posts you know people partying at their home office you know it's it's just that's big part it's a big party right now and 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 you know as well as I do there's a honeymoon period then there's a divorce period and then there's a settling in period and and um just what kind of advice would you have for some of those people out there that are kind of going through this home office uh uh, transition if you will because for a lot of people it's here to stay
5: yeah that's right and and i think that's the first thing um that people should be aware of for some people it might be here to stay um and so you might want to try to get used to it um so I started to work from home in, uh, I, I did it first remotely for a company like a lot of people are doing right now in this current situation. Um, I started to do that in 2006. So I've been working from home in a home office since that time. And, um, and I want to tell you, and, and, you know, prior to that, I always worked in, in offices and uh, it was always a marketing guy. And, you know, it took me, Jason, I don't know about you, but it took me a number of years to really adjust um, to working from home. I really missed the camaraderie, you know, the human interaction um of being in an office and uh, I, I you know i, I don't know th- th- that there are any shortcuts for for getting used to it uh, i can just tell you that it, it literally took me years uh, i to, would to really sort of settle in and, and, and sort of get used to that
2: i would have to go to a coffee shop once a week just to do yeah. some work for a few hours so that i knew he, yeah. so i knew humans still exist yeah
5: Yep and me too. So so that's one that's one you know that's a that's a great tip. Of course you can't right now. Um but but it, you know once these uh, travel restrictions are lifted depending on where you live I have to think about who's listening. So I'm in New York state and I mean we've been on lockdown now for a couple of weeks and uh and we remain it so it's, it's just no unnecessary travel. We we go to the grocery store, we come home and that's it. Um, unless, you know, my wife and I will, will, there's a, a park about four or five miles from here and we'll go walking, uh, periodically, you know, just to get outside and, and get some sunshine, that sort of thing. But basically we're home and that's it. Um, but when that is lifted and you can go out again, yeah, go to Starbucks, go to a coffee shop, um, you know, uh, periodically once every week or two, something like that. Uh, it's, it's good for your psyche. I guess, you know, one of the big tips that I would, um, encourage people to think about is they're working from home. Now, so, so first of all, I, so we were joking before we started this call, we were joking that you know, I was joking with you that you know uh, it's it, it's like it's, it's party time. It's uh, you know you get home and and it's like you know my my sort of tongue in cheek snarky remark is you know welcome to my life now um, because you're you know after a week or two or three it, it's it's going to start to become real and uh, it's it's not going to be all party and fun and games. Uh, you're going to have to get things done. Um, so, uh, you know, you need to start to buckle down and think about that. So my, I guess my big tip is, um, and, and maybe this would apply to an office as well as, as, as a home office, but that is, you have to have certain routines in place. Um, so when I, you know, I get up at four thirty every day. I come to the computer and I start looking at the news and I start sifting and I have a whole, whole routine. I have a bunch of. RSS feeds and emails and things that I'm cycling through to see what's going on uh, so I can pull things and start to write about that. Um, and then, and so, but, but I have it, it's, a, it's very much a routine, you know, so all of that stuff, you know, I'll, I'll take a shower and eat breakfast at a certain point, but all, all of the prep work is pretty much done by 9 o'clock and then 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock I'm writing and then 11 o'clock to noon I'm publishing so that by noon, uh, everything is out there and ready to go. So I have a very much a regimented routine. Uh, yeah, it varies from time to time, day to day. If I'm on the road at a conference or something, you know, you have to make adjustments. Um, but there's that routine. And then in the afternoon, I also try to have certain routines that I'm going to work on certain things at certain times. Um, I have an end of day routine, where uh, I'm, I, I, I do inbox zero. I have to make sure all my in my email has has been at, you know at least looked through once and responded to anything that needs to be responded to, um, so that I have no emails sitting in my inbox. You know at least I, so I have to touch back to that one you know once a day. Um, so. So my, my rec- my big tip, my big recommendation is try to think about routines and, in, and, in, in do it in segments of time. I'm going to take, you know, from one to two, I work on these kinds of things from two to three. I work on these kinds of things and take breaks, obviously, you know, go and get a coffee, you know, play with a dog, um, you know, tell the kids to shut up, whatever it is, um, you know, uh, be, be a human, Um, but, but, and, and don't schedule yourself to every last second in the day or you'll go nuts. Um, but have some, some time blocks and routinize yourself. I guess
3: that's my big tip for working
2: from home. How about on the communication side of things in terms of trying to adjust, I guess, to everyone else's schedules, you know, for, I guess for you, it's not as difficult because, you know, you own your own business and, you know, like this. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes it takes takes two, three weeks for you and I to hook up and do an interview based on your schedule, based right. on my schedule. Um, right. I, I do see where that's going to be problematic for some people trying to yeah, ad- adjust yeah. schedules accordingly. I was talking to a guy earlier, and, you know, here we're trying to do some business and talk, talk uh, business, and he's got his wife in one ear telling him to do this because, you know, she's home and he's home and he should be doing chores and then he's got somebody doing <laughs> doing uh, uh, landscaping in the backyard, you know, trying to ask him if he should be cutting trees down and stuff like that. And I'm going, this. Right, right. welcome to the home office world, buddy.
5: <laughs> That's right. That's right. If, if you can, make sure you, you know, you have a dedicated office space, certainly. Um, I do. I have my own, you know, separate room. It's off uh, from the living room. It's it's a it's, and it was designed as kind of a den um, before I bought the house, um, and I have a couple of French doors, and sometimes I just have to close them um, to to you know, and that's a, that's a signal that you know I'm really uh, this this I'm, I'm working, you know, and but I mean my wife is home now. She's she works at a school, so um, and and they're off right now um, on lockdown um but she's very good about she leaves me alone i mean she knows you know this is my work and this is what i do and uh but i'll wander out periodically and we talk and i get a coffee and that sort of thing so but yeah have a dedicated space
2: tough with kids because you know that's where you need the dedicated space and um you know like i've got you know i've got my my son and over the past several years he knows if I'm interviewing he's you know he he's quiet and 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 that sort of thing he doesn't (laughs) disturb me but it wasn't always that way I mean when he was eight nine years old I mean I'm not gonna get mad at him for being a kid not wanting to be with his dad boy that's you kidding at some point he doesn't want to be with me anymore so I gotta take those moments when I can and and so yeah yeah and and so I do think part of though Uh, balancing the kids and balancing the work and home life there's 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 going to be an adjustment period so boy talk about throwing people right into the frying pan huh
5: Yeah, really. Mm -hmm. You know, there's one other thing I thought about too. You know, maybe this won't happen for most people if this lockdown business only goes on for a couple weeks or a month. But if you're home longer than that, I guarantee you something's going to happen. And that's going to be your your local uh, internet provider is going to go down at some point, your cable system. Something's going to happen. And that happens to me periodically. I affectionately call my uh, my cable provider the Hooterville Cable Company, for those that are old enough to remember Petticoat Junction. but The who? Hooterville. Hooterville Cable Company.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't, I thought we were having a mature discussion, and then you threw that one out <laughs> there, and, I, and then I started chuckling. I'm sorry, go No, on. no,
5: it has you know it has nothing to do with who <laughs> no, cares I just wasn't expecting it, that at all. Okay, go no, on. no, no, it's uh, it's the no. It, it, <laughs> look up old reruns of Petticoat Junction, and you'll 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 get the reference. It's, right. it's it's it's. I live in kind of a rural area, and and it's it's not Comcast and it's not uh, Time Warner or any of those providers. Sure. You
2: know, oh, a, I love it. Yeah, it's a
5: smaller one, so so sometimes they go down. So. Um, so my cell phone, um, I have a, a nice, uh, I, I got a Moto uh, G7 for my cell phone, an Android guy. And uh, the the network that I have, um, that I use, um, I can turn my cell phone into a Wi-Fi hotspot using a cell signal. And I've had to do that on occasion. Um, I, I Probably a half a dozen times over the past few years. Um, so that I could keep writing, you know, so I could keep uh, researching and writing and publishing. Um, it, you know, it's either that, or if your cable goes down, you have, you know, you go to a McDonald's or Starbucks or someplace uh, where it is working, you know, and set up there. Um, but um, but if you, that- you know, if, if you depend on your computer, you know, if that's your life, if if, if that's what you're doing and that's your job. Um, you need a backup you need a second you need a second way to connect
1: if at all
2: possible you know and that's that's a really good piece of advice for the home office people is to really have a backup plan for some of those things I know it sounds stupid but for somebody like myself I mean I've got 20 and 30 radio stations that rely on content on a daily basis from me every Monday through Saturday mm-hmm. no Monday through mm-hmm. Sunday so seven days a week and I use like FTP sites, file transfer protocol sites, but some of them I got to uh-huh. use Dropbox and some I have to you know, email. And so like when, when I'm down at the lake, for example, I've got to drive into town every day because we don't have internet at the lake. And so- Um Mm -hmm, if if the Wi Fi hotspot isn't working because that's pretty common, or you used up all your data because you know, it's 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 cheaper to drive Mm -hmm. into town than to get some of those data packages sometimes, you know. That's true,
3: yeah. Yeah, and
2: so that's a really good point. But I've actually had it where like my 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 neighborhood's internet has been down and you know, they're doing some fixing and especially for somebody like me who gets up at four o'clock in the morning to do some work. That's when they do a lot of that maintenance. Is, is you know three, uh-huh. four, five o'clock in the morning, so that. That's right. Yeah, and that's that's a good piece of advice there. So, uh, let's let's uh, give you a chance to plug your website and how people can get in touch with you or read your stuff and give you some money during this downturn sure. and all that good stuff.
5: Yeah, well, like everyone, you know, we're we're looking to make a buck, um, but it's Marcellus drilling dot com it's m-a-r-c-e-l-l-u-s marcellus drilling dot com and on the website um on the right hand side it says you know receive daily headlines so you know that's that's the lowest bar if you if you just want to like keep track of what's happening because you know here in the marcellus and the utica that i write about in pennsylvania west virginia ohio uh we are uh we're still drilling and uh, we're not as greatly affected by the oil price war as the Texas Permian, of course, the, the Bakken in North Dakota, and, uh, you know, the scoop and the stack in Oklahoma and, you know, in other places. So um, so I find that I'm getting a lot more people are signing up, you know, subscribing uh, that are from Texas and places like that because they want to they know where the, where the work is. Um, but if you just want to keep track of the headlines, like, just a general idea of what's going on. You can get that for free. It says receive daily headlines. Just plug in your email address and subscribe to that. If you want to read full articles beyond the first couple of sentences, um, there's a there's a subscribe link um, along the top. Um, great big all caps that says subscribe, and uh, and I charge uh, seven dollars and ninety five cents a month, um, or. Uh, save a couple of months if you want to pay yearly. It's uh, seventy nine fifty per year, and uh, and I'm you know what I, what I tell people my the value I provide to them is um, I'm cycling through all this information and pulling out uh, relevant information for people and businesses that want to profit from shale drilling, uh, and, and it's related active midstream and so forth in the Marcellus and the Utica region. Um, and so I dedicate, you know, a half a day every day to, uh, getting that information and publishing it. So, so my subscribers can take, you know, 10, 15 minutes and they're up to date and they know where the latest opportunities are and, uh, they're well informed. And I, Throwing a little bit of humor here and there to try to spice up this sometimes dry subject. Um, and so people, people read it for a couple of different reasons. You know, they read it because they get good leads because they get ideas. Uh, so they know what's going on um, and they read it for entertainment at the same time. So I, you know, I try to combine everything into one.
2: You know, in the energy industry, we need to have some fun every now and then, and that's, you know, one of the reasons I got the Crude Life podcast going here is so we can have a place to come on and talk and have fun. And normally, I I'd you know, I, I would have ended the interview right there and just kind of, you know, gone to a commercial break, if you will. But uh, you said something that I thought was really important, and I wanted just to get your final comments on this. And this is one of the reasons why we changed our name back to The Crude Life. Originally we were the crude life and then we ended up being building the Bakken and we ended up with the Marcellus and uh, Uh Permian and all, you know, hundred dollar oil, man, we had dreams, hopes and dreams like everybody else. And, and, Uh you know, we, we, we kind of grew a little too fast, a little too soon. And then about two, three years ago, I, I really consolidated back to the crude life because of what you said earlier, all these shale plays really are connected. And there are so many people from Texas and and, and the Bakken and Colorado subscribing to your site now because of like what I called you originally about. Here, I'm in the Bakken, and I didn't find out about this company until I went to your website. So um, right, right. talk to me a little Thank bit you. about that connection and why you're seeing some of those, those increases in these other shale plays because quite honestly, that's how people are going to get through this time is to <laughs> figure out some new customers.
5: Yeah, well, the, I mean, the, the technology is the same, pretty much. There, there are variations. Um, you know, each play, you know, the, 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 the producers, the drillers will determine that, you know, maybe they use this kind of sand or that kind of sand or some ceramic beads or something work better. Um, but overall, the technology is the same um, across all the plays and the innovations that uh you get in one play uh often uh will be um uh, will be uh tried out in other plays as well so um they very much um you we we are connected and uh and I, you know we all we're, we're all gonna we all need to stand together um so one of the things that i i started to do jason just to plug someone else very briefly is <clears throat> i guess about a year and a half ago now um magazine by the name of Compressor Tech 2 uh, contacted me and said they wanted to start using some of my uh, stories, brief blurbs out of my stories in a monthly column that they were going to be writing um, called uh, the Shell Play-by-Play, covering all the different shell plays. And I wanted to use some things for me for the Marcellus and the Utica. And I said, well, you know, when I'm researching every day, I come across a lot of stories about these other plays. Why don't you let me write that for you and, you know, pay me for it. <laughs> and um, and they said, okay, we'll try that. And so here we are about a year and a half later, and it's still going strong. Um, so every month, um, I, I do write about these other plays. You know, if so I'm writing about the Bakken, I'm writing about the Permian, and and uh the scoop and the stack and you know and the dj basin in uh, you know colorado and um and all of all these various places the haynesville and the barnett and um so um so if, if folks you know if you if you seek out or if you're in the uh, midstream uh, industry, and uh, and you get compressor tech too, or you'd be interested in compressor, which is you know largely about the pipelines and the compressor stations and things that that flow the gas. Um, y- you can find that monthly column um, in every issue. It's called uh, Shell Play-By-Play, and it's just sort of, uh, you know, little quick hits, brief blurbs of, of really what's going on. And, and and as you point out, Jason, I, I see a lot of similarities in all the other plays, you know, as to what I'm writing about on a day-to-day basis here in the Marcellus and the Utica.
2: And and that's where I see really the, the connection, if you will, that these shale plays and the innovations amongst each other and the co- constant communication is what's really going to bridge us to the next step in oil and gas. And I think during this shutdown, yeah. during the coronavirus, it's sites like yours, programs like this, in combination with social media, that's really going to bridge everybody together.
5: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, we
0: have we have to stick together. To listen to the full-length interview, visit thecrudelife.com.
1: But now I'm back at the bar again, hanging out with all my rowdy friends, getting drunk and singing redneck songs. I'll probably stay here, baby, all night long. Pour me a beer and a shot the of The Crude death.
3: Life is sponsored in part by Historic. The Davis Refinery. cold
1: whiskey glass, hanging out with friends and having a blast. My mom and dad think it's a waste of time, not anymore. Drinking beer and riding redneck rhymes. I think I'll do it just as long as I can. That's why I'm back at the bar again. And that's going to do
2: it for the Crude Life Podcast. I'd like to thank Jim Willis with the Marcellus Drilling News for coming by today's program. Also, Brandon Davis, Swan Energy. We're going to hand the baton off in just a moment or two for our daily radio update here on the podcast. Hatch Coaching. Thank you for being our studio sponsors. The Bakken Barbecue is our phone line sponsor. And Crestwood Equity Partners is our sponsor for today. We have a daily podcast sponsor here and Crestwood Equity Partners is our partner today, is our sponsor and partner today. So folks, I hope you won't mind if I take just a second or two or 30 seconds to mention Crestwood Equity Partners. They are a sponsor and we appreciate their support very much. Crestwood Equity Partners is a publicly traded master limited partnership that owns and operates midstream assets located primarily in the Marcellus Shale, Bakken Shale, Delaware Permian Basin, PRB Niobrara Shale, Barnett Shale, and Fayetteville Shale. Their operations and financial results are divided into three segments that include gathering and processing, storage and transportation, and marketing, supply, and logistics. For more information, visit their website Crestwoodlp.com. That's Crestwoodlp.com. Our featured event is our crude life 2020 March Madness tournament. We have the Sweet 16 brackets up. We've got the video results from the first couple rounds in as well. So go to the crudelife.com. You can check out all kinds of March Madness. Get your fix there. Heard some people are doing some side bets. Hey, that's just a rumor. Don't know anything about it. While you're there, you can also check out Johnny Green, the Earth's Champion Eco Watch. He has an article posted about the Carbon Capture Con. You might want to check that out. Blind Joe is our Crude Life music crossover. Thank you very much, Blind Joe, for being a part of the Crude Life and synergizing up our strengths. Blind Joe is an excellent musician. He really is blind, and he's a old soul country music, and he doesn't mind the oil and gas industry at all. He likes promoting it, not protesting it. So we love Blind Joe. If you could support Blind Joe, we'd appreciate it very much. Provolone, excellent job today as well. I know you're in the other room, but that's okay. We get to hand it off to Brandon Davis here. So hurry up back in the room, Provolone. From the staff here at the Crude Life Podcast, my name is Jason Speece, asking you to always remember energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The
3: Crude Life with host Jason Speece.
2: My name is Jason Spees, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Brandon Davis of Swan Energy. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with Brandon Davis of Swan Energy, right here on the Crude Life Daily Update.
0: My bread and butter, my, my the love of my life is the DJ Basin in the Wattenberg field proper. Um, it has been very good to me, and we've had a lot of a lot of a lot of good things happen up there. And uh, from an economic standpoint, until the last week. Um, those wells still looked amazing, and they still don't look horrible. I mean, I, I, they've made so much progress up there as far as the, the, the way that they're drilling the wells, the way they're completing the wells, and how much they're getting out of them. I, off the cuff, back of the napkin, in my viewpoints, usually 50,000 feet, 5,000 feet, way too close. Um, but they've cut the cost of the wells down by 66%, and they've increased production by 25 to 35%. Um, and it's just phenomenal. The economics are phenomenal. So I'm sure if prices stay where they are, um, they will continue to find ways to improve those wells and make them economic because it's just that given asset, and that, that has been our wheelhouse for the better part of eight years, um, and we continue and plan to continue to participate in, in non-operated wells there.
2: So when you say DJ Basin and automatically, you know, the word Denver's in there, right? So I think, I think a <laughs> yeah. Colorado right, right away, but, but really the DJ is, is more of Wyoming, Nebraska, and Kansas, isn't it?
0: It's a, it's a lot in Kansas, um, or, and especially in, in uh, Wyoming and just a little bit in Colorado, but the part of it that's in Colorado, which is in Weld County, which is now its own, has its own oil and gas, um, uh, governance separate from the state, um, is where most of our focus has been. And it's still, yeah, it's a little scary that it's in Colorado just based on things that have happened there in the last few years politically. Um, but it's all worked out and it's just kind of continued to move in the right direction. The main thing Swan Energy does is raise money to drill wells. And that's our primary focus and we do a lot of that. Um, and then we manage about 60 different entities that we've formed over the years that do different things and, and some of the um, everything I've mentioned is part of that group. Um, so, uh, we have a pretty strong management team and we are able to move quickly in, in whichever direction we decide to go. Um, as a company, we, uh, once started a, we started our trucking company in less than 12 days.
2: To listen to the full length interview with Brandon Davis with Swan Energy, or to listen to other exclusive interviews, visit the crudelife.com That's the crude Keep up to date with industry news, exclusive interviews, and a podcast heard every Monday through Thursday with a weekend review. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life.
0: The Crude Life is sponsored in part by
3: Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever, the model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, the Davis Refinery. If you
1: don't hear a fiddle or a steel guitar, the hillbilly sang a hillbilly singing about a honky-tonk bar, they bass ain't bangin' and the vocals are rough Brother, it ain't country no. If it don't tug at your heartstrings and tear at your soul get you up and dancing going out of control you hear it on the radio and don't turn it up Brother, it ain't country no. If you can't move to it, groove to it up and slam some booze to it Party to it all night long if it ain't about whiskey sipping, guitar picking, tractors, trailers, trucks or prison, man, it ain't a country song. I'd like them real cool, old school barstool jams, 'bout drinking, lying, laughter and love. So if your feet ain't stomping once a band starts a rocking, brother, it ain't country enough. If you hear it and it ain't stuck in your head all day It's got a pop back beat and it's sung the wrong way Charlie Daniels wouldn't dig it, Manhang Jr. would say it sucks Brother, it ain't country enough If instead of using English you use foreign words Win a competition that you didn't deserve Some fur coat wearing wannabes producing your stuff Brother, you ain't country enough if you can't move to it, groove, to it, up and slam some boots to it, party to it all night long. If it ain't about whiskey sipping, guitar picking, tractors, trailers, trucks, or prison, man, it ain't a country song. I'd like them real cool old school stool terms, about drinking, lying, laughter, and love. So if your feet ain't stomping once a band starts to brother, it ain't country enough. Yeah, if your feet ain't jumping once a band starts rocking, brother, it, ain't country
2: it seems everywhere I go these days, someone is telling me about the success of Hatch coaching. Listen to what professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist has to say.
3: To see Eric Hatch grow. His business and then start to share it with other people, I think, is one of those great steps in life. You know, what do you do in society? You succeed at a thing and then you teach other people how you did it. And now to see Eric duplicating his genius across the
1: country, I'm telling you, there's a world changer down the street and his name is Eric Hatch.
2: For more information, call 701 212 1572 or visit CoachingWithHatch.com. That's CoachingWithHatch.com.
0: The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a Week in Review on Friday.